This is Angela with Danceable Thoughts, and this is our weekly podcast. Hear it tonight, use it tomorrow. This is week two of a new series we're calling Design is Destiny. Thinking about how you can really build into your thinking a focus on designing and planning that's going to help you reach a destiny that you desire. You don't want unintended outcomes. You want purposeful planning that takes you to a place where you reach some goals You've created some success that is from your design, not just by happenstance. So in week one of Design is Destiny, we focused on the things that you can do as part of warm-up so that when you are working through your warm-up, you are adding value to those experiences. We're not just letting the kids zone out or have fun listening to the music that we are giving them some time to energize and get excited, but we're also giving them some very important tidbits of information. We're thinking safety, we're thinking injury prevention, but we're also thinking skill building. So I wanted to just remind you that the weekly podcast is also available. So you can go back and listen to Design is Destiny week one, but let's jump into week two, which is some funny phraseology for us. There's a lot of alliteration in today. In fact, I've tied it working our S's off. And with my Southern drawl, I could pronounce that a little bit different, working your S's off. And you would totally understand the double entendre there. We in education, especially with my dance team people, we get it that September is a time where people hand us so much to do. I'm visualizing that September calendar right now. And I can see how filled it is with so many events. So even if it was not just that old paper calendar where you were writing things in and some of you have your planners where you write things and then you color code them and you get to so many things that are going on that you run out of highlighters to color code. I know you people. I also visualize my device friends, my friends who are all about their digital device and they're popping it up and it literally says, do you want to add an event? Yeah, you don't have any choices. So many people are asking you personally, whether it's in your role as a professional, is a parent, as a friend to groups. There are so many things that happen in September that you literally feel like you're working your S's off all the time. Well, so as we think through the scheduling of September, I want you to be very purposeful when you can be about the way you sequence events. The scheduling, it might come from someone else. It has to do with location and availability and those kinds of things. But the sequencing of experiences is something that you've got to design for your students. So let me give you a simple example of that. So when I think about curriculum, you know, everybody thinks of me as a curriculum person. I've got some pretty strong opinions about sequencing the experiences of your dance class kids. That's a lesson that I've I've worked and I've presented in professional development sessions all the time. But very quickly, I see a school year in an experiences that start with fitness dance, then we move into the ballet unit, then we move into the modern contemporary unit, then we do a little bit of the jazz musical theater, and we end the year with the students preparing for a public performance. That's the way I taught school, but that's not necessarily the way everyone teaches it. But I want you to think about how you build from one experience to the next in a purposeful way. And Again, I'm not going to spend time in this podcast telling you my rationale for why I do those things in that particular order, but I'd be happy to share it with you if you contact me.
simple enough. So the other thing that I feel strongly about when you look at lesson plans and look at curriculum, I want you to think about the experiences that you're offering your students, whether these are your dance class kids, they are your leadership on your team. What experiences are you giving them? What sequence are you asking them to take on bigger and bigger responsibilities? So in the dance class, you think about, I'm going to just go with something simple, choreography projects. Beginning of the school year, a choreography project isn't much more than a recipe. It says you've got this small increment of music, you know, 64 counts or whatever, and you give them some bold general goals to meet, some simple things that you want to do. As the year progresses, those creative experiences, they they change over time. So they go from generalized things like do some lower body work, do some upper body work, to then they might have more of a specific content related set of ingredients, the things that you want to use, you start using terminology with them. As you move then, you maybe start asking them to be more artistic, musical, be more expressive. Then as you are slowly moving them towards their um, comfort zone as performers, then you let them be improvisational, let them be confident in that. And then at the end, after you kind of built their skills up, you, you think about this with your dance officers as well, especially those little baby, you know, first time officers, don't ask them to have the most important choreographic responsibilities. Give them something small. Literally let them start with a stand routine before they're responsible for a public performance. You build them up over time. So like I said, just the same thing with your leadership groups. We always, I hear often people complain about their social officers that they, you know, they either have rock stars that the kids and the moms are doing everything. It's so exciting. And then everybody says, yeah, they start out gangbusters and then they fade. Well, one of the things I'm going to propose to you is that maybe whittle it down a little bit for them. Give them a smaller task. Give them something a little more simplistic on this day, on the schedule. Sequence it. I just need you to add in this. Then you eventually let them move to a little more independence where maybe you say, I'd like for you guys to suggest when we should do a, a fun activity and then build them back up. So if you, like I said, we always are thinking about our, our dance officers because we're very movement oriented, performance oriented, but I hear a lot of people fuss about what happens with their social officers. So let their, their experiences be sequenced. So let them work hard for a gangbusters beginning of, you know, the school year event and let them feel success, help them analyze what did and did not work, and then slowly, incrementally let them build up to another experience. Take a little time with that. So that we think about this idea of our student leaders and sequencing their experiences and their responsibilities. I want to say the same thing to you. You have to look at those calendars and you have to look at what you are asking of your students. So I know what happens. I visually and mentally can see myself in this situation where I'm just walking to the front office to go pick up a box or for heaven forbid, actually, you know, hang out in the front office to talk to people. And I get stopped in the hall and says, can the dance team show up at such and such? Can you be part of this? Most of the time, I'm going to say to you, jump at those opportunities to get involved in the greater community of your school, your town, that type of thing. But also, I want you to slowly pause before you jump in and say yes and count on your fingers. Think of that schedule. Think of that September calendar and say to yourself, okay, 
I've already got this requirement of them and this requirement of them. So you, you count it up. And if you've got two things already going on on the calendar and somebody's asking you to add a third or three and adding a fourth, slow down. There's another S, slow down. And then suggest if you, if you are able to say no, say no. If you need to say no, say no. But if you have to say no, then suggest don't just walk away with that because they may never ask you again. Say, look, our calendar is really overloaded. We have a little more downtime, say, later in the month of November, or we have a little downtime in January. Could we? And then figure out how you could jump in and be visible, be a part of a group at a different time of year. I know what happens on your campuses because you guys are superstars. Absolutely, you are. And when they need flash, color, spectacle, they need something fun and spirited, they turn to you and your dance kids because you guys do such a great job. And so on one level, you're glad that they rely on you. But on another level, your need to please them and help them may be interfering with a design that you've got in place. So I want you to think about your design and think about how you need to guard it. I don't mind a little improvisation here and there. In fact, I live for it. But I want you to decide on your design and think about it. So I'm saying design instead of just your schedule and sequence. I want you to stick with it. Thinking about that, let's think about the performances you're doing through the fall. When kids are first on the team, part of the team, they want to perform. So I like for the content of the choreography at the beginning of the school year to be what I call all play. It might have a few challenging elements in it, but in general, you want the first performances of the school year to be something that everyone can be involved in. So if it means that you make some parts in choreography, then you do that. There's a whole nother conversation that we can have about high stakes and low stakes performances and what's high stakes to the kids and what's high stakes to you aren't always the same, but I want you to think about how you can get everybody performing so they're getting an experience. So you're sequencing their 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 expectation that at the beginning, we all are in this together. We're going to do this. Then for those of you that need to build into their experiences a little more selectivity, uh, you know, we used to call them tryouts. The second and, and third performances or what might be week three and week four, or week five and week six. So that middle ground time, maybe you do some things that are a little more challenging and selective. Maybe you have tryouts, you audition for a performance, you create content in the choreography that is more challenging, that's going to push them up a level. And if you're in a situation where you cannot quote cut kids, you that's where the old group A's, you know, side groups doing something bookend in the middle feature group doing something, maybe that feature group in the middle grows and grows and grows over those middle four weeks because you're giving them more and more stuff and it puts incentive in the minds of their students to work towards a different skill. Experiences sequenced. Okay, we all get to do it. Now we got to work a little harder for something. And then as you get towards the end of football season, you can also utilize this with pep rally performances as well. Public public square performances is what I call them uh, when you're doing community events. Then you move back into a wider 
um, I'm going to say acceptance rate that you're going to let everybody pretty much perform if they've done, they've stayed academically healthy. Um, they're physically healthy, hopefully for sure. Then when you get towards the end of the football season, you want to be very enthusiastic about how we've, we've, we've accomplished these goals. Here's where we are. We're all having a great time. We're out performing together because that launches you into what comes later in the year when you get into the more challenging part of your week year where there's different levels of um, expectation, adjudicated performances, contests, competition, that kind of thing. So you're sequencing their experiences from wide, bring the scope down to a little more selective group, and then go back out wide. So an hourglass, everybody selective, then wide again. That's another thought for you, because we talked last week during warm-up about building skills, building them up through warm-up. So now I'm talking about the experiences your students have. So you want to think about the content obviously, but also the experiences the kids are having. And then I want you to, again, think on this level S sequencing, that you're also going to think about what you're doing in the spring semester. That's so many S's, right? So a lot of you are already making your plans for uh, where you will go to uh, you know, a first contest, a second contest, what you're going to be doing with that. This also requires some thought on your, your, not just scheduling, but some idea of sequencing. Know where you're going to those different contests, know the venue, know the uh the focus of the particular uh, group that's pr presenting the contest, how their their judging panels think. Make sure that you're matching up your kids' skill set and your artistic ideas with the I'm going to say the thematic structure of the different dance team companies. Right now in Texas, we're evolving. We're starting to do a little more of this spirit side game day stuff. So we're, we're, we're really a hybrid here. So we've got our traditional hardcore precision group. We've got really artistic groups. We're touching base again with that sense of support and spirit group, you know, all in it together. Again, the line that never gets old. I want you to think about your goals for yourself and not just for your program. So when you are looking at January and February and March, look at that schedule and start with that rule of three. How much are you asking the kids to do in any given week? How much are you asking of yourself? I was one of those people that struggled to get rehearsal space. So I had to decide what was the most valuable to me. And it was any time I could get a gym because I didn't have a gym all the time. So I would have to schedule and plan based on what I could have time on that valuable floor that mimicked my competition space. Same thing about scheduling uh, the preparation steps, whether you need parents to help you build sets and props or you need some folks to help you add blingy bling, you know, the other S sequins, not sequence, but sequins, the sparkle and shine. You got to build this in as well. There is a sequence to taking your kids through their competition or contest season, just like there is in football season. We can really use sports analogies so easily. We understand preseason, you know, regular season and playoffs. It's an analogy that you might want to, it's a model you might want to apply, even though we don't really have that structure. You don't even need to say that out loud to your students, but for yourself, because when it's the end of the day, you're the one that's keeping a tally of your 
record, if you want to think of it that way, about how those performances stacked up over the course of any given season. So I want you to think about this now before you commit to where you're going and what you're doing January, February, March. So sequencing. Now, how does this all wrap up with a bow? All right. That same sequencing is, is what I was talking about when I was talking about the experiences of learning through a simple dance education curriculum. We start out with fun stuff. We start out with something that's very accessible. We move through our experiences towards a time where we are, um, I'm going to say, highly motivated to perform in front of audiences, our peers, judging panels, that type of thing. And then we work our way towards the end where we're in celebration mode, that we're having a good time with each other in the preparation steps, having a great time. So some of us, that is the, you know, spring show season, the end of school year review, whatever you think about as the way you see your calendar year, don't just think of it as a schedule, but think of it as a sequence of events that leads to excellent experiences, both for you and for your students. So that idea of design is destiny applies in a little scale in a class setting for a 50 minute dance class. It applies for a semester. It applies for a school year. And some people, I hope it applies for your career. Design experiences with a destiny in mind that you want to have manifest that you want to come into reality and i think with that in mind nothing's going to stop you you are on your way to success i hope you guys will think these ideas through your dancers will dance them out and you will have another wonderful week